from MPB Think Radio, this is Creature Comforts. It's the show all about your animals and the animals around you. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. Libby Hartfield is out this week. So it's time for a pet day. Are you a cat person or a dog person? Or maybe you have both. Uh, You have questions about getting a different kind of pet, like a rabbit, a snake, or a ferret. Or did you get a new pet over the holidays and are not sure what to do now? You can call the show this morning with your pet questions. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 7464 or send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. This is Creature Comforts from MPB Think Radio. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Corva Coleman. The Senate Armed Services Committee has opened a hearing into cyber threats against the United States. Committee Chairman Senator John McCain of Arizona says the point of today's hearing is not to question the outcome of the U.S. election last year, but to examine Russia's alleged meddling in the vote. Every American should be alarmed by Russia's attacks on our nation. There is no national security interest more vital to the United States of America than the ability to hold free and fair elections without foreign interference. McCain says the U.S. government has previously responded to cyber attacks with indecision and inaction. The Armed Services Committee members will hear today from the Director of National Intelligence, the National Security Agency Director, and the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence. The outgoing Obama administration has reassured Beijing of continuity in its China policy. NPR's Anthony Kuhn reports that China's government is a bit skittish following remarks by President-elect Donald Trump. Secretary of State John Kerry told his Chinese counterpart Wang Yi in a phone call Thursday that the One China policy, which treats Taiwan as a part of China and not a separate nation, is a matter of bipartisan consensus in the U.S. Wang said that the U.S. and China need to keep their relationship moving in the right direction and protect their hard-won achievements. President-elect Trump angered China when he spoke by phone last month with Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen and later suggested he might ditch the one-China policy. Tsai is transiting the U.S. this month en route to Latin America despite Beijing's objections. Anthony Kuhn, NPR News, Beijing. More than 20 feet of snow may fall on California's Sierra Nevada mountains over the next seven days. From member station KQED, John Sepulveda reports the wet weather may also close Yosemite National Park. The concern in Yosemite is flash flooding, and to the north in the Sierras, the warnings are of avalanches. The snow and rain are forecast to roll through the state in wave after wave of moisture. Brian Mieja is a meteorologist with the National Weather Service's office in San Francisco. He says snowfall on Thursday could reach two feet in the Sierras, with a foot being added every day as the moisture plume rolls in. we got a few storm systems out in the Pacific generating lots and lots of moisture, and it's being transported over our area and as well as the Sierras. Behind the moisture is warm air, and that could mean landslides and flooding. Freshly fallen snow could begin melting as soon as Monday along the California-Nevada border. For NPR News, I'm John Sepulveda in San Francisco. On Wall Street, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down nearly 12 points at 19,927. The Nasdaq is up 11 points at 5,488. The S&P 500 is down 2. This is NPR News. 
A panel in the House of Representatives has recommended that the federal government stop payments to women's health organization Planned Parenthood. The majority Republican panel alleges the organization mishandles fetal tissue provided to researchers. Planned Parenthood strongly denies this. Democrats on the panel have sharply rebuked Republican colleagues. California lawmakers have retained a high-profile Washington, D.C. law firm and a former U.S. attorney general for guidance on challenging Trump administration policies. Capital Public Radio's Ben Bradford reports from Sacramento. Democratic leaders in the California legislature have hired former Obama administration attorney general Eric Holder to serve as outside counsel. State Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon says Holder will advise lawmakers on how to best thwart President-elect Donald Trump as he pursues campaign promises to deport immigrants and repeal environmental regulations and Obamacare. We've talked quite a bit about the Trump administration and our fear of the Trump administration. We want to make sure that we do more than just engage in rhetoric. This is something real. This is something concrete that we're doing. Holder's firm, Covington and Burling, has signed a $75,000 three-month contract. California Republicans were quick to call the move a distraction and a PR stunt. For NPR News, I'm Ben Bradford. The Coast Guard says it's responding to a fire on an oil platform in the Gulf of Mexico off Louisiana's coast. The platform is about 80 miles south of Grand Isle, Louisiana. The Coast Guard says four people aboard the platform safely escaped. No injuries are reported. I'm Corva Coleman, NPR News in Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Carbonite, for backing up and restoring office and home computers to the cloud automatically. Learn more at Carbonite.com. And the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation at MacFound.org. You're listening to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email animals at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. Libby Hartfield out this week. So it's time for another pet day. Are you a cat person or a dog person? Or maybe you've got both. Uh, Do you have a question about getting a different kind of pet, like a rabbit, a snake, or a ferret? What about a a good choice for a child's first pet? Give us a call this morning with your pet questions. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. The phone number is 1-877-672-7464. You can send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. And a reminder that uh, Creature Comforts airs twice each week, Thursday morning at 9, and a repeat broadcast Saturday mornings at 6. So good morning, Dr. Major. Hope that you're doing well. Doing fine. Good morning. You know, right off the bat, you mentioned, uh, as we were chatting right before we came on the air, uh, in the central Mississippi, and I think in north Mississippi as well, a chance for some light snow this weekend. Uh, and we talk about, you know, things to do uh, to keep your pet safe from the inclement weather. Uh, and I guess, you know, dogs generally have a place, that, you know, a dog house or whatever. But uh, if you have an outdoor cat, are they um, usually kind of smart enough to, to find a place or uh, might be a good idea to possibly uh, clear some space in a, in a garage or a work shed, something like that? It's always good to provide some space. And, of course, we could get into an argument about which are smarter, dogs or cats. Uh <laughs> You know, usually the cats have a place that they can go uh, within reason. Unfortunately, when it gets really cold, we do have some cats that uh, think that the best place to 
hide away would be under the hood of a car. Mm-hmm. And uh, it makes sense to tap your horn if you're parked outside on a cold winter morning just to be sure that uh, maybe there's not a cat under there because it can do some trauma. Uh, some cats have been transported uh, miles, 10, 25 miles, under the hood of the car and survived. Others uh, might get tangled up in that fan belt and could be could be fatal. So that's a good point. But, yes, uh, I would suggest remember the th- the things that we need to think about providing are, one, when it's cold and frozen, if it does get that cold, uh, water that's uh, not just a block of ice, uh, shelter from rain and wind, very important. And uh, as I said, if we, uh, you mentioned garage, if you have a garage that you can provide space uh, for your outside dogs and cats, it would be great. Uh, yeah, and also uh, Adam Ronke, who is one of our bird experts that comes and joins us frequently, reminds you that if you have a bird bath or some sort of uh, thing where you're trying to provide uh, water for birds, wild birds, uh, to remember, too, uh, if the ice is over, uh, to make sure to go ahead and break up that ice because, uh, again, that's important for the wild birds uh, as well as our pets. I know we've had concern uh, the last couple of uh, – well, of course, we didn't have a talk show what two for two weeks, mm-hmm. but – We've had concern about the uh, number of uh, birds at feeders, and it'd be interesting to have anybody report if they've seen increased numbers uh, in the past uh, week or so. Yeah, that's true. I remember that we did get a, a number of calls of folks kind of wondering uh, where the birds had gone. So if uh, you'd like to give us an update on your bird feeders, or if you have a pet question, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring You can reach us at one eight seven seven. 672-7464, our email address, animals at mpbonline.org. Let's start uh, in Hancock County. Jack has called in this morning. Go ahead, Jack. You're on the air. Hello. Hi. Um, my question concerns the care of pets and after a person uh, dies. Uh, I'm, I'm an elderly man, and I have elderly pets, uh, 13 and 15, and... and Unfortunately, they'll be passing away in the next couple of years, and and I'll probably still be around for a little while, but I'm not going to live forever, and I don't have relatives or people I can leave my pets to. If I replace these pets and then I pass, is there an organization or anything set up to look after uh, pets that lose their home, you know, like that? I hate to just have them thrown in a shelter and... and, uh, uh, you know, live behind in jail, so to speak. Sure. And Any suggestions? Right. And this this certainly is a problem, and we do we do see this. Uh, and uh, one of the things that people might want to comment on, we see pets that literally mourn uh, when their owner passes away, uh, or even other pets. But I would suggest that in your area there are rescue groups. Uh, you might uh, talk to those people and see if there is some way to set up a uh, transition uh, and not have the dogs put in a, in, as you say, in jail or behind bars. Uh, but I, I don't know the name of the rescue groups in that area, but there are some, and uh, I believe that would be the best way to go uh, as far as trying to find uh, help that would be both uh, courteous but also take into account the fact that uh, – these are your pets, and you want to provide for them as best possible. 
All right, that's, that's what I'm looking for because I, I don't think I'll replace these pets if I can't find somebody that would would take over take them over, you know, when I pass. That just wouldn't be right, I don't think. I understand. Uh, Thank you. And uh, best of luck, and hopefully you can work this out. All right, uh, Jack, thanks for the call. You know, another suggestion I would make, if you know in a situation where your health deteriorates and maybe you needed to move out of your house into an assisted living facility or whatever, uh, you know, maybe Craigslist, uh, an ad saying, hey, I, I'm looking for a good home for these pets. Uh, possibly if you have a vet uh, to, to leave a notice up on a bulletin board at your vet's office as well. But, yeah, the, uh, good thinking, and I, I would hope that there would be some way uh, to give those animals a good home uh, after you're, you're gone. So, again, it's Pet Day. Looking for your pet questions. The phone number is one eight seven seven. MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send us an email. It's uh, an email to animals at mpbonline.org. You know, Dr. Major, you know that I bring my cat in uh, for uh, his services uh, to your place uh, on occasion, and I'm always happy that uh, I'm able to put my cat in a little cat carrier, and he's uh, pretty much um, calm when he gets to the vet's uh, office. But uh, it's always fun for me to see all the different dogs and how they react. Some dogs seem to be not too upset about going to the vet. Uh, Others uh, seem to have a little more trouble uh, keeping them under control, a bit more excited. Um, But in general, would it be fair to say who gives you a a more difficult time, cats or dogs, or do you do not want to go there? Well, it, you know, I can go there. It's not. It's not that. I don't think it's. Uh, what shall I say? Disparaging on any one particular uh, species. Here's the here's the issue that I have. Most most of our dogs and most of our cats are uh, used to going to the vet. A lot of times, though, for some for an animal that has not been inside, even uh, let's say you have an outside dog or outside cat, and it's a strange thing for them to be put in a cat, for example, example to be put into a box and or cat carrier and uh, taken to the vet. Uh, I would suggest in most cases it's better to make an appointment ahead of time, so maybe you wouldn't have to sit there too long. And I say that just like uh, going to your regular physician. Sometimes things happen that you have to sit there and wait. Uh, you always try to meet appointments, but sometimes it's almost impossible uh, to be right on time. But as far as uh, a lot of it depends on the owner. And uh, I've said this many times that and I, people that listen to this may take issue, but uh, I really believe our pets take on a lot of the characteristics of the owner. <laughs> And uh, and also, I'm convinced that our pets train us uh, pretty uh, pretty rigorously. Think about the things that you do simply because your pet demands it. <laughs> but uh, that's that's the issue. It's not so much one particular breed or species that that can give a problem. It has to do with if the owner has control, and in most cases, they are very very uh, what shall I say agreeable in the waiting room mm-hmm. and easy to handle. There are some exceptions, though. And also, I'll say, you know, at, at your uh, clinic and also other clinics, I've uh, veterinary clinics I've been to, obviously you've got people working there uh, that love animals. And I, I know that my cat has always uh, gotten good attention, you know, friendly. They you know, pet them, you know the names, you talk to them, and that kind of thing. So I think uh, that uh, sort of being in an environment where there are friendly, caring people around, I think, uh, eases uh, pets once they kind of get into things. And I think you're right. Once it's a somewhat of a regular routine, it's not quite as uh, maybe anxious as it was well, to begin with. I like to suggest that sometimes it's better to just bring your pet by, especially dogs, uh, for a visit uh, just to say hi 
and get a treat, and uh, it kind of helps it. Hey, you're not getting a shot this time or anything like that. And think about it. Most of the times when animals go to the vet, they're either sick or they're getting vaccinations, uh, heartworm preventive, this sort of thing. So there are instances, uh, obviously, that some pain is inflicted. But it's amazing that how forgiving uh, these animals are, and uh, they, they seem to uh, adapt pretty well. You're listening to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, Heidi is on the line from Colliersville, Tennessee. We'll get to her question. Also, we're looking for your pet question this morning. If you have one, all you need to do is give us a call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is one 672 You can always email the show, animals at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more after this. are busy. Work, school, errands, kids. It never stops. And the news never stops either. You can keep up between Morning Edition and All Things Considered with Here and Now. Hi, it's Robin Young. And Jeremy Hobson. Here and Now brings you breaking news, developing stories, the latest in the arts and innovation. Asking tough questions, unpacking complex issues. From across the country and around the world. Join us. Today at noon on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email animals at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. Libby Hartfield is out this week, so it is an all-pet day. We're looking for your pet questions. Uh, the number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464 We've got a caller on the line, so let's go to Colliersville, Tennessee. Heidi has called in today. Good morning, Heidi. Hi. Um I am going to be bringing home a puppy in about a week, and we currently have a cat who's about two to three years old, and she's a very friendly social cat, and I'm a little bit worried about um, the relationship between the cat and the puppy. Is there anything I should do to ease that, or should I just let it play out? What, what type of puppy uh, is this? What, what kind of dog? Oh, what kind of dog? It is actually it's a mix of a golden retriever and a cocker spaniel. Okay, so it's going to be medium size, probably, yeah. or or a little bit larger. Yeah. The cat, uh, in general, here here are things to think about. Number one, the cat probably doesn't like anything to be right in her face, uh, and of course, the puppy wants to go check everything out. Uh, in most cases, this plays out quite well. And remember too that the cat may need her space where she can go hide, get away from the puppy. Yeah. And you're going to be in the process of house training this puppy as well. And uh, uh-huh. probably there's some times when there needs to be time out uh, for for the puppy uh, away from the cat, whether you have a crate. And I do recommend using what's called a crate-type uh, training, using a kennel. Uh, okay. For example, when you're gone, uh, the puppy needs to be in the kennel. Uh, it, it just gives them also a place of security. Uh, okay. And uh, let's do that. But just, just take uh, – be aware that the puppy's going to want to play more than the cat does, probably. And uh, 
Uh, the cap. About the crate. About the crate. Should I start that on day one when we bring her home? I would. We don't need to get in the habit of uh, going to the bathroom, even on tile or a kitchen floor. Uh, those things would be better if you use the crate. Most most of the puppies will learn quickly that they don't want to mess up where they're sleeping, for example. And uh, after eating, usually they will go to the bathroom, have bowel movement, urinate, you know, within 10 minutes of the time they eat. So have set times to feed. Now, you may keep food out all the time for your cat. Uh, A lot of cats demand it and a lot of cats graze. You're going to need to work out keeping that food where the puppy can't get to it, uh, which would be, uh, be wise. But uh, really work, and if you've got the time and effort and can uh, get the puppy out on a regular schedule, most of the time housebreaking can be pleasant rather than frustrating. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, thank you. All right. Good to hear from you, Heidi. Thanks for You're the call. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, you know, I'd also say, too, that um, that cat will let that puppy know with a probably a swat to the nose when uh, it, he's doing something that he doesn't it, like. It works, it works out pretty well like that. And, of course, the cat is, has seniority. Uh, the other thing I'll mention, which, you know, is pretty disgusting, but uh, also fix a litter box where the puppy can't get in the litter box. We don't we don't need that. Right. Got another caller on the line. We're off this time to Mobile as we say good morning to Cindy. Hello, Cindy. Good morning. I have a dog that she's less than a year old, and she was born to feral parents, and we got her when she was a puppy. She's a lab mix. And the problem with her is that she is tax everybody um except for us she's real sweet she's been treated really nice and she lives in the house and everything most of the time but anytime anyone comes the mailman won't even come in the yard i mean she and she'll circle around people and try to you know bite them right and i'm trying to figure out how to um stop her from doing that i have to lock her up in the bedroom every time someone comes in the yard what what breed or what mix is she if she's a mixed breeder she's got a lot of lab in her which surprises me that she would be this way um i don't know what else but she's a lab mix right well the feral part uh certainly could be a big the big uh factor when i say feral we're talking about raised i guess litter was raised or born in the wild to to a wild parent or at least a feral parent uh when we have a dog that's biting my suggestion is this i really think you should get professional help from a professional trainer Okay. Uh, it, it's very difficult. It would be very difficult for me to tell you uh, what what to do, but I think you do need professional help okay. uh, because before this dog does hurt somebody, and yeah. then we have a real problem. Okay. Okay. So you've got people in your area, I'm sure that can do that. I would sometimes word of mouth is best, but talk to them first and find out what they would suggest doing. And it may take training sessions either at a away place or at your home uh, so that they can address this problem. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. All right, Cindy, thanks for the call. Yeah, my uh, brother and his wife uh, had a similar situation where they had kind of adopted a dog, and they took uh, the dog to uh, obedience school, training school, and they were very happy with the results. Uh, uh, came through with flying colors, and he even got a little uh, a little mortarboard hat to wear when it graduated. So they have but, been real happy with that. Right, and, the, and this dog probably feels like it's protecting its territory, uh, but it can be a serious problem if it's in, in the lab size, or even small dogs that are bite. They can be a, a very uh, serious problem for your uh, family and, and guests. 
We'll continue on with some phone calls. Off to Gaucher we go. Steve has called in today with a parrot question. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, hey, how you doing? I need some help. All okay, right. Steve. At home, but let me tell you a little bit of a short story first. It won't take long. I had a toy poodle. Lived about 17. He was my everything, you know. Right. I lost him about three years ago. And I was teaching him to bark on command, you know, like speak, speak. Okay, now like I said, it was three years ago. <laughs> right. And uh, the, he was indoor, and the chocolate lab was outside. We always had labs at Best of Family and stuff. And about six, eight months ago, he was at the gate, excited and stuff, and said, speak. And he spoke and barked. And he does it on command just like that and stopped when I tell him to. Anyway, long story short, we got a new addition. We got a Sun Con your parrot. My wife had a cockatiel before they lost it. But that thing, we did a homework, but didn't realize when it said, good watchdog. That thing squawks all the time. I did something a long time ago in the work to stop a dog barking. It kind of humane thing. Took a little water pistol. And every time I, they bark, I say, Coco, no, and screw them a pistol. And they quit barking, you know. Can I do that with that parrot and work? And my wife would kill me if she caught me doing it. But anyway. <laughs> well, it gets to be an issue. And I, this is the big, big complaint uh, with people that have sun conures is that they can make a lot of uh, screeching yeah. Uh, noise, not the only only parrot uh, that does that, but uh, it is an issue. I would try it. Uh, I see nothing wrong with that. And uh, okay. some of the listeners may have some other uh, suggestions uh, concerning this, but uh, it really gets to be an, an issue. I know that they can make a lot of noise. Yeah, we got two very large macaws in the family too. They okay. fought, but you know they listen. They've learned pretty quick, so I figured this one might learn too. Right. Hey, I'll try that. So. Uh, I'll get the water pistol out if I can find it. If not, uh, I'll go to the store and find one. Well, you can you can get a squirt bottle, you know, like a, a quart uh, bottle that would uh, have you just put water in it, and you can use that as a. Oh, I know what a, I used last time. Yeah, squirt bottle. Okay. These water little rifle things you pump up, and that's right. a long way. <laughs> okay. I'll go get that. Well, let let us let us know how that turns out. Hey, you take I care. Enjoy listening to you guys every week. Okay? All right. Thank you. Thanks, Steve, uh, for the call. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, uh, the veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. And it's an all-pet day because Libby Hartfield is out this week. So if you have a question about your pet, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Let's go to Greenwood. Bill's called in today. Good morning, Bill. Oh, uh, hi there, Bill. I got a little dad about seven and uh, two weeks ago. He was doing fine. He looked healthy. Then he slapped off on his eating gradually about a week. And uh, now uh, uh, he's uh, swollen up by three times his size. He he doesn't want to hardly move. And um, he doesn't like to lay down too much. And uh, uh, last night he didn't eat. And so I know I need to get him to the doctor, but I don't know what's wrong with him. Do you have any idea? Well, the first thing that comes to mind, uh, he's swollen in his abdomen. Yes, his belly, but he's also bigger all over, too. Yeah. Uh, Especially his belly. Well, you'd think, first of all, there's something affecting the heart, uh, causing what's called ascites fluid, uh, and you can get, even get edema in the legs, uh, depending on how severe it is. So congestive heart failure could be an issue. The other thing would be heartworms. Uh, I don't know if he's on preventive or not, but heartworms certainly could cause this. The other thing that could cause ascites would be something going on with the, the liver, too. So I, he definitely needs to get in and see your vet. And uh, it doesn't sound 
It sounds like he's gotten in pretty bad shape, so I would get him on in as soon as you can. Okay, the liver, would that have anything to do with heartworms? It, it can. Heartworms can affect uh, uh, all parts of the body, but they definitely can affect the heart and can affect the liver. Okay, well, thank you so much, Doctor. Take right. care. Thank you. Good luck. Bye-bye. Thanks for the call, Bill. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio, an all-pet day, so you can call in with your pet questions at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can always email the show, animals at mpbonline.org. The phone lines are open, so if you have a pet question, go ahead and call in. We'll see if we can help you out. Uh, just out of curiosity, uh, we looked uh, this morning online at popular pet names <laughs> and uh, found a site. It's the uh, the veterinary pet insurance industry releases an annual list. This one is not too uh, current, to 2015, so a couple of years ago. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that the, for dogs and cats, the number one and number two names were both the same. So just for some fun here, uh, let's go 10 to 1 for dogs. The ten tenth most popular dog name, Sophie, number 9, is Maggie. Number 8 is Buddy. Number 7 is Daisy. Number 6 is Molly. Number 5 is Charlie. Number 4 is Lucy. Number 3, Bailey. Number 2, Max. And number 1, Bella. And on the cat list, 10, Shadow, 9, Tiger, 8, Sophie, 7, Charlie, 6, Lily, 5, Lucy, 4, Chloe, 3, Oliver, 2, Max, 1, Bella. Uh, so it's interesting that there are a number of names uh, that are on both lists there. So uh, it's uh, Bella and Max seem to be popular names for, for both dogs and cats. So that's an uh, wow. interesting list there. I'm not sure where Bella came from. That's, that's an interesting uh, observation. And, uh, you know, we see, I think, maybe in our practice, don't see that many Bellas. So that's interesting. Uh, I've got a dog named Lucy, so I can stand up for that. Uh, Sophie Sophie is a very common name. We hear that quite often. And, and Max. Uh, Max is a very common name. I would think in dogs that, in, of course, you know, Bella, you would think is a female mm-hmm. uh, name. I guess you could have a male named Bella. But... Uh, the uh, most common name that we see probably in our uh, small dogs especially is Max. Hmm. So uh, as far as female names, uh, Sophie is very common. Uh, Lucy is very common. So anyway, it's all a matter of personal choice. And uh, I, I like the short names, about four letters. Uh, I think the dogs respond to a short name rather than saying, Anastasia, or something like that. I think it does does better with a with a short name. Spot and Rover, though. No, no, those. I guess those are old 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 style names. Well, those are good names still. Um, again, we were talking about cold weather, and um, you know, uh, fleas are a big problem for our pets uh, here in Mississippi. Uh, does it ever get cold enough, long enough, to where we cannot worry about that, or is, is flea protection something that we need to think about uh, throughout the year? Flea, flea population does slack off when it gets cold, but we rarely have sustained cold periods uh, that would uh, put a big dent in the population. Moisture probably has more to do with it than uh, than cold, even though cold does. Think of uh, Lake Tahoe, for example. Elevation, dry. Uh, those areas, uh, they don't know what fleas are there, so that's, per- that's pretty good. But they have the, <laughs> there's a trade-off there as well. But uh, I would say that in most cases, especially if uh, fleas are in the house, uh, obviously they do quite well when it's cold. Uh, Also, uh, 
there are animals that are outside that carry fleas pretty much all the time, too. Cats, stray cats, this sort of thing. We need to take another quick break. When we get back, we're going to continue looking for your pet questions on this All Pet Day on Creature Comforts. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more after this. are busy. Work, school, errands, kids. It never stops. And the news never stops either. You can keep up between Morning Edition and All Things Considered with Here and Now. Hi, it's Robin Young. And Jeremy Hobson. Here and Now brings you breaking news, developing stories, the latest in the arts and innovation. Asking tough questions, unpacking complex issues. From across the country and around the world. Join us. Today at noon on MVB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart. Join me each Thursday for Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. Each week we talk with you about the health issues that are facing your children. From acne to concussions to diaper rashes and tonsils, from potty training to allergies to braces, and everything in between. It's Mississippi's free weekly pediatric clinic on the radio. Listen to any of our episodes on demand through the MPB Public Radio app and online at mpbonline.org. Southern Remedy Kids and Teens, this morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. Coming up this week on MPB's At Issue, lawmakers are back at work at the state capitol for the 2017 legislative session. Education, infrastructure, and the budget are expected to be at the top of the agenda. MPB's political analyst, Democrat Brandon Jones, and Republican Austin Barber provide insight on the critical issues facing the state and how legislators handle them. Join us for Mississippi's only statewide television news program, At Issue, Friday, January 6th at 7.30 p.m. on MPB TV. You're listening to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email animals at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. Libby Hartfield out this week, so it's an all-pet day. We're looking for your pet questions. We've got some open phone lines, so give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 You can email the show, animals, at mpbonline.org. Got a caller on the line, but first, uh, in the last segment, we were talking about popular pet names. We did the dog and cat list, but this, uh, the veterinary pet insurance industry also rates bird names. And so let's run through that list for the bird lovers out there. Uh, number 10, most popular bird name, and these, again, are from 2015. Cosmo, number 9, Ruby. Number 8, Sunny. Number 7, Sammy. Number 6, Buddy. Number five, Mango. Number four, Coco. Number three, Baby. Number two, Kiwi. And number one, Charlie. Interestingly enough, I think the guy that called in about his bird said he had had an earlier bird, and I believe he the name was Coco. So uh, that's interesting. Um, are most birds, are, I mean, would, would there be names that they could repeat better, or are birds pretty good mimicking at, at, at any, any kind of name, you think? It depends on the breed of bird, those species. You know, we have... Uh, 
a double yellowhead at the clinic named Chester. He's like 30-something years old now. And unfortunately, he's picked up some words he shouldn't have <laughs> over the years. But uh, And then uh, we have another little bird there, which is a Senegal parrot, uh, whose name is bird uh, that's all we've ever come up with with for him and then uh at home i've got a uh we have a african gray that's called mr bird so we were real initial original with names but uh i think a lot of the birds can can like the african gray unfortunately he can uh, mimic voices uh he can call the cat he can uh make a sound like the uh UPS truck backing up, uh, which is obnoxious. <laughs> or if the battery on the uh, uh, fire detector goes goes bad, he can make that annoying beep sound. And but he also says stuff like, "Who's the best bird in the whole world?" He can do sentences, <laughs> and then he'll say, "Why it's me, Mister Bird." That's who. So you know, they. It, I think it depends on the type of bird before you can say, you know, about the names. I think the names on birds really. Uh, just just happen. Mm-hmm. We've got a caller on the line, so we're off to Tupelo this time. Danny's called in. Good morning, Danny. Good morning. What's your question? I wanted to follow up on your first caller's uh, question about we're elderly, elderly folks, and we have an elderly dog. She's 15 now. Her name is Lily, by the way. Okay. Uh, and, you know, in a few years she'll be passing away, and we're older. So we'll probably go to a shelter and get a this time get an older dog. How should we prepare to help rear this dog and acclimate this dog to a new situation? We want to get an older one, say four or five years old. I'll hang up now and listen to your answer. And have okay. You All right. Good. Certainly, I appreciate you going to a shelter. You know, going to shelter, thinking about that and getting get an older dog because. Of, a lot of times the older dogs do not get adopted. Uh, but as far as preparation and everything, it's going to depend on the dog. A lot of times you can find a dog that the owner has passed away, uh, had to move out for various reasons, uh, moved to another place that would not let allow them to have pets. Uh, so there are a lot of circumstances. So do some research uh, on, the, on the pet. And in most cases, they respond to the same thing that a younger dog would respond to affection, love, good food, and just give them a little bit of time. And they do seem to do well. And that is a great thing to go to the shelter and help with that. It's an all pet day on Creature Converts this morning. Got some open phone lines again, so call us with your pet questions. The number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. Um, so uh, sometimes when we take our pets into the vet, you know, there's a, there, as you mentioned, usually it's for some sort of ailment, and sometimes there is a prescription that goes home with the pets. So uh, trying to say maybe let's talk, start out with a pill um what would be some tips for folks trying to get uh, pets to to take a pill when they get back home oh there's all kind of things online about uh the different ways to to get a cat to take a pill especially some of them are quite hilarious uh and uh, we won't go into that right now but a lot of cats do better with liquid medication depending on whether it's uh bitter tasting or not and we actually have uh, compounding pharmacies uh, here in Jackson and other places that can compound uh, some of the worst medications into a liquid 
with a flavor of tuna or beef or poultry. So a lot of times that will help with giving it cat. Cats are notorious for maybe taking a pill the first day or two and then knowing when you're coming with the other pills, uh, they'll hide, they'll get defensive, and uh, certainly uh, cats can scratch and bite if you're not careful. Dogs are a little bit easier to trick. Uh, they love peanut butter. Uh, there's something called pill pockets, which I wish I had invented. Uh, they, they're great, and it has improved compliance. And even in the clinic, because it's easier to give pills and medication to, to dogs with that. And uh, I recommend them highly. Some people use butter uh, uh, on a pill, uh, especially if the dog likes butter. Uh, and most larger dogs, you can simply open their mouth and, and poke the pill back over the back of the tongue. And it does quite well. Uh, but there are certain cases which are more difficult to uh, medicate than others and need to talk to your vet about the possibilities of of giving those medications. Uh, a lot of the pills, if a dog or a cat crushes it in their mouth, they'll start foaming at the mouth or running away anytime. Uh, you approach them with another pill because a lot of the pills are bitter. I think you're right. I remember when I had some uh, medicine for my cat, uh, the, I think the vet gave it to me with a little eyedropper, and that was really uh, made it a little easier just to kind of open the cat's mouth and, and put, put the liquid in there with the with the dropper, and that seemed right. to go down a little bit easier than the, the pill did. And I also, I, I agree with you, I uh, had to have some uh, medicine for my cat's eye, and so I had to you know open his eye and squirt this medicine on there. And you're right, for the first probably day or so, it wasn't too bad because I had him all bundled up in the towel. But uh, as, as it went along there, it, it, it became a little bit of a challenge. And first of all, kind of getting him wrapped up in the towel and then, you know, getting him to, to not fuss too much uh, with that. And boy, as soon as the medicine got on there, uh, he was he was out of there and he ran off and hid for a little while and okay. didn't come back out. for. So he, he went to whatever secret hiding place that I've yet to discover uh, where he knows he's safe uh, uh, out of there. And I also tried to give him some uh, some treats uh, afterwards, right. just to let him know that you that know. helps. Yeah, uh, got some phone calls to get to, so let's start in Osaka. Kathleen's on the line. Good morning, Kathleen. Uh, good morning, guys. I'm glad you did, Doctor Troy. Got an good update morning. and some good comments on BB. Okay. Uh, that cat from went from not being able to get within 20 feet of him, not touch him. Took almost a year when I called you guys when I took him in from that uh, incident with the raccoon and the dogs. He's doing great. He has now decided he's the biggest lap cat you can be. <laughs> so sometimes patience, when you, and I'm lucky, I'm older and I'm retired, I can have that time and patience. But uh, the shelter cats, dogs, and the even the wild ones like he was, someone threw him out and he was living in the woods for nearly a year. Right. But um, he gets along with the outside cat, one, because she's a girl, he brought a girlfriend home for dinner the other night. <laughs> okay. I smiled and said, okay, dinner for two. <laughs> but um, all the shots are up, the fleas are under control, and um, he's got some cute little habits that just is so endearing to see how far he's come in a, about a year and a half. But I don't want to discourage anybody from not taking the opportunity to embrace their lives with these animals that so, so desperately need any kind of care, affection, and he's just been wonderful. So right. it worked out. 
Well, great. He was my cat doctor. <laughs> okay. Very good. Y'all have a good one. All right, Thank Kathleen. You. Good to hear from you. And I th- and I think that's true. I think uh, when you uh, shelter pets and pets that you rescue like that, I think uh, you know they begin to appreciate the the added care and attention. And and again, you know, our pets give us that unconditional love. And I think that the bonds grow very quickly there when they know they're in a safe place. Uh, let's continue on. Next, we've got uh, Linda on the line from Port Gibson. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, I have a cat. Her name is Millie. All right. Yeah. And uh, I thought you was trying to talk about, uh, I thought you were talking about names for pets. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I had another cat. His name was Rascal. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good name for most cats. <laughs> Very yeah, good. Rascal. And my cat I had when I lived in Virginia, his name was Romeo. Hmm. And that yeah. probably was a fitting name for him. That's good. Everybody liked him. Okay. Yeah. Well, very good. We appreciate your call. Good to hear from you, Linda. And All right. Happy All New right. Year to you. Uh, this is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. We're looking for your pet questions this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. You can email the show animals at mpbonline.org. Martha's on the line next from Weir. Uh, Martha, go ahead. Yes, um, I'm actually on my way right now to feed a wild dog that I have been befriended. And when I first saw her, she was very scrawny and and looked real rugged, but she was lactating. So I couldn't pick her up. I tried to get her after she. was not full of milk, and uh, unfortunately, she got away from me with the uh, leash on her. But she, I treated her until she came back, <laughs> and I was able to get it off of her. And I'm glad I did now because I, when I go to see her, sometimes she has puppies with her following her on the road. Right. So I'm wondering when is the appropriate time that I could try to snatch them. Um, maybe I could get one. I don't know where the other puppies are. How old do you think the puppies are now? They well, she's a hound, and they are about bone chihuahua size. Is all okay. I can tell you. Okay, they're eating uh, uh, food that you know. put out. I I just throw out the bagged food, right? And uh, because sometimes she's not there, but I kind of have identified the part of the woods that she's coming out of. Um, and I don't know. I just I'm sort of I hate to snatch her, and then. You know, right. I would try to get the puppies first. They may actually be easier to get than she is. Yeah, uh, they will be. And I would work at trying to find out when they are there and try to you know feed them and entice them and, and get them. Then she may be right. a little bit harder to uh, catch, but she's uh, very skittish. Obviously, I she's her to come up to me and and let me pet her right. head and rub her a little bit, and she just seems like she enjoys that so much, right. and she'll back off at any movement. Right. Well. Obviously, she's very reproductive, and uh, it would be great if you could uh, secure her and give her a home and have her fixed so she wouldn't be having any more uh, puppies out in the woods. But best of luck to you, and I would work on trying to get the puppies first, okay? All right, Martha, thanks for your call. Uh, Let's take one final break this hour. When we get back, we'll wrap up uh, this episode of Creature Comforts with your pet questions. Give us a call if you'd like to join in at 1-877-MPB-RING. The phone number is 1-877-672-7464. We'll be back to rack up the show right after this.
consider where the country should go next, NPR will be here with the facts to help you make sense of new appointments, policy changes, and all of the day's news. So listen every day. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart. Join me each Thursday for Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. Each week we talk with you about the health issues that are facing your children. From acne to concussions to diaper rashes and tonsils. From potty training to allergies to braces and everything in between. It's Mississippi's free weekly pediatric clinic on the radio. Listen to any of our episodes on demand through the MPB Public Radio app and online at mpbonline.org. Southern Remedy Kids and Teens, this morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Scott Beretta, host of the Highway 61 radio show. I'd like to invite you to visit Mississippi, where the blues is alive and well. From juke joints to festivals, you'll see, hear, and feel the real deal. This is the birthplace of America's music, blues, country, gospel, rock and roll. You can trace that signature rhythm throughout Mississippi along our historic blues trail. Visit msbluestrail.org to plan your trip, and don't forget to stop for hot tamales. You're listening to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email animals at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. It's been on All Pet Day on Creature Comforts this morning. Uh, still some time to work in your pet question if you'd like. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. Let's go back to the phone line starting again in Jackson. Elizabeth has called in today. Good morning. Go ahead. Thank you. We are looking at a really senior dog, like about a 10-year-old, who's always been in the shelter. We'd like to sort of do something for that pet and wanted to know if you had maybe any concerns about an older dog who's never lived in a home at all. Um, apparently is good with other animals at the shelter, so we don't have concerns about that. But in terms of crating, um, any any advice you might give for us? That's that's a good good question. It's a good thing if you can do this. Uh, are you where you can uh, get the dog in and out fairly frequently as far as housebreaking? Yes, we can. Uh, right. my, well, my husband and I both work, but we can each of us come home at least once a day. Right. To make sure that right. um, that he's all right, and um, we're home mid mid afternoon, so from there to the rest of the evening, we're around to take care of him. And right, I I would say certainly give it a try, but I think you know when I say give it a try, make a commitment to uh, to working with this dog, and uh, certainly uh, I would hope. Is it a male or a female? It's a male, and right. the shelter people say he's pretty good natured. Right. Do you have other animals at home? We do have a small female, and uh, the shelter said that he likes animals and prefers female animals. Okay. You know, take it easy with any introduction. Uh, little, little female dog at home may be defensive of her area or territory, so make some introductions. I don't know if you can do that prior to actually bringing uh, this dog home or not, but uh, consistency with training and you say this dog has been in the shelter all its life? Yes, yes. Wow. She's a year old. Wow. Well, 
certainly that would be great if you could uh, make a transition. I would take things easy. Uh, probably the dog is used to being in a kennel, so I would use a you know a large crate or whatever uh, initially uh, because I don't know how housebroken this dog would be. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure they walk the dog and this sort of thing, but at the same time, uh, it may require some extra uh, uh, what's your time and care. The other thing is not knowing uh, what this. How big is this dog? It's a large dog. Yeah. It's a um, shepherd mix. Right. I would be careful uh, and only outside under supervision. Some right. of these dogs might take off with strange sounds or whatever and try to escape. Uh, I just mentioned that because it hasn't been used to being outside. So uh, just take it easy and step by step. And I believe you've got the commitment to do it. And uh, I would hope certainly that this works out. Report back to us later and tell us how things have worked out. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go next to uh, Bay Springs. John has called in today. Good morning, John. Good morning. My question is, I have three cats that I adopted. Uh, they're going on two years old, and I've always had uh, dogs and, and would like to rein, uh, reintroduce a dog into the family. Is there any specific breed or type of dog? Uh, I want to rescue a dog from a shelter that you would recommend. I was thinking maybe a puppy more so than an adult dog, and I'll take your answer off the air. Sure. Thank you. I would tend to agree with your, uh, uh, what shall I say, your decision. Uh, certainly I think a younger dog or a puppy would be good. I would not get one of the, what shall I say, herding dogs or dogs that uh, would tend to want to uh, be too uh, what, aggressive, if you will. Good mixed breed little dog would be great. Uh, I would not get one that's going to be too big. On the other hand, I know of a lot of families that have golden retrievers, labs, German shepherds with cats, and they do quite well. Uh, I've got a 90-pound dog, and uh, she she does quite well with the cat. In fact, they've got a they've got an understanding. They just kind of ignore each other most of the time. But uh, I would say that it's best to uh, work that slowly. But I think a younger dog or puppy would be best. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Got uh, three or four minutes left, so we could work in a phone call or two if you have one. The number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. We've been having a little fun talking about popular pet names this morning. And uh, a further search online found uh, People Magazine apparently has a, a pets thing online. And they have the most popular uh, cat and dog names divided by uh, uh, sex uh, for 2016. So let's run through those for some fun. Uh, top 10 cat names for the males in 2016 from 10 to 1. Jasper 10, Smokey 9, Loki number 8. Uh, Jack, 7, Charlie, 6, Leo, 5, Simba, 4, Milo, 3, Max, 2, and Oliver, the most popular cat name for male cats in 2016. You know, Dr. Major, we were talking about that, you know, most of the time I think you would mention that kids probably pick pet names most of the time, so we see a lot of uh, references to popular movies and things like that. And if I'm not mistaken, Simba was uh, from The Lion King. Uh, so that's interesting. Although Oliver, that's a, that's an interesting name. Let's see if I can scroll down here. Uh, the top ten cat names for females uh, in 2016, ten to one. We go from Daisy, what is N A L A Nala, Nala, Lola, Sophie, Mia, Lily, Chloe, Lucy, Bella, and Luna. 
So uh, Bella's still up there, was I think in our top of our list from the previous year, so that's interesting. Uh, let me scroll up here with the dogs. We've got, uh, let's see, here we go, uh, male dogs, top 10 list uh, from 10 to 1. Bentley, Tucker, Milo, Teddy, Rocky, Buddy, Oliver, Max, Cooper. The top 10 dog name for 2016 in male dogs is Charlie. And on the female side, uh, let's see here. Maggie, number 10, Chloe, Stella, Molly, Sadie, Lola, Daisy, Luna, Lucy, and Bella. So Bella hanging in there in the number one spot. Another interesting thing here, they've got silly pet names. Let's see here. Um, Mooncake, Sassafras, Emoji, Sugar Bridges, Professor McGonagall, Peppercorn Von Puskins, <laughs> Judas Stardust, Sir Snuggles of Fluffington, uh, Sir Leonardo Scragglebottoms the Third. <laughs> That's interesting that you've had your pet and you've named three of them that. And then Neil Catrick Harris. That's kind of a play on the on the actor. Uh, so those are some interesting ones. That's a lot of creativity going into those. Uh, those names. So, uh, got a couple minutes left here. Uh, what about uh, if 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 a family wants maybe some of an unusual pet, maybe a snake or a ferret or something along those lines? I guess maybe the first thing to do would be you know do some research, make sure you know what you're getting into. Absolutely. Uh, and there, you know, there are pets that uh, do quite well. I mean, uh, we did surgery on a hedgehog the other day that uh, you know. His name was Percy and uh, was a sweet little sweet animal. Uh, there are others. Uh, snakes, it takes a special person to have snakes generally, and uh, nothing wrong with that. I've had snakes myself, uh, mainly just to understand and be able to treat snakes. Uh, but uh, there, there's a lot of things going. We could spend time talking about the exotic breeds later. All right. That's going to wrap us up for today. Creature Comforts is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. Funding is provided in part by the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science Foundation and contributions from listeners like you. We have a new producer for the show. It's Java Chapman, and our call screener today was Sam Wells. So for Dr. Troy Major, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next, it's MPB's Season Pass with Jay White. We'll be back next Thursday at 9 for another Creature Comforts, heard only on MPB Think Radio. Underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Information on how to make good health a family affair is available at bcbsms.com. A cold front with moisture associated with it and cold air. All the ingredients we need for a chance of some snowfall across Mississippi over the next 24 to 48 hours. Some of our northern counties may pick up a little light snow or flurry activity this afternoon, but the bulk of